Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for Magic Online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. everybody and welcome to another episode of yo mtg taps i'm joey pasco hey all you cool cats and kittens i'm big head joe i bet you i'm the first podcaster to use that as a greeting so yeah rocking and rolling um yeah. so it's been a couple weeks it's been three weeks since our last episode um yeah and uh, we've got a lot uh, a lot of things have happened we had you know this time or last last episode we had not played with Ikoria yet so now we get to play with or now we get to talk about our experiences playing with Ikoria in both limited and constructed um i think both of us have uh are, we're we're opposite each other right like you have plenty of experience playing with it in limited and not yeah. as much in constructed and i'm the opposite nice. so uh so Great. we'll kind of get two perspectives on things and um we'll get think, each other up to speed it's good yeah yeah so um, generally, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Just our so far what we think of Ikoria and a couple of little news, uh, you know, news items, news bits here. Um, w- w- you want to jump right into that one then? That first one. Yes. Looks like you added here. Yes. Um, so uh, very sad news. Um, Magic the Gathering um, is dying. Is dying. <laughs> no. Um, on May 27th. Uh, they're sunsetting Planeswalker points and removing access to the Planeswalker points website. So uh, what that means is, as far as we know, they haven't mentioned a backup plan. All of your match history, all of your records will be deleted from the Internet in about a month. So uh, if that matters to you, then you should go and you should get that data. Um, I will have a link in the show notes uh, there is a somebody. Um, I don't have the name. It's like I don't uh, metagame.io or something like that. Yes, or meta.io. Yes. I, I, uh, yeah, it's MTG Meta.io um, is the, the Twitter account. Yeah, that they posted. Cool. I don't know if they are the person who originated it or they just posted it, but it looks like they may have originated it. But basically, it's you can go into your browser into like the developer console thing and. Yeah paste in some stuff that essentially exports a uh, a spreadsheet of all of your match history so it's fantastic like i love it like i i'm actually i'm excited about it more than just to get my own data i'm excited about it just for the scraping purposes <laughs> i just think it's awesome right. uh i actually i was signed up for a uh for a, a data mining um class for next semester but they moved the time so i couldn't take it um but like it's like something that's really cool to me and really interesting to me um so getting to do that on that website was really cool but what it does is it'll export all of your uh match history uh to a csv file comma separated values file which you can put into excel 
um, and view as a spreadsheet, organize as a spreadsheet. Um, the one thing I found that was really disappointing when I pulled mine up, because I was like, oh, cool, all this data, you know, like all these results, is that like, I think I said like 814 of my matches have no opponent listed, which is really disappointing. 814 out of 1463, 1,463 yes. sanctioned matches of magic. Nice. Amazing. Like that is, that is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what mine was. I didn't, I just saved it. I have it. I have it right up in front of me. So, yeah. um, I want to point out a couple things here. Um, I have one, just to, just to say like the, that's not just you because it seems like a lot of people are having yeah. just just have blank opponents for some reason. I'm not sure why it's missing. And the it's opponent's not like name. these are these are like uh, things from the 90s, right? You know well, what I mean. There are some, but uh, but like the last one, uh, February 15th, 2020, Magic Viewing Party World Championship. It does not have my round one or round five opponents. Right. Um, listed, which is like, why? Why are those missing? I don't get it. Yeah. So, the, I know? mean, the only extra information I have. So I have an example. The last event I played in the beginning of February, I played against my best friend, Kenny, and his name's not listed. So it's kind of strange. I'm like, I know who that was, but why is it gone? The, with him, he had at some point, I think it was at the guilds of Ravnica pre-release. They couldn't, he gave them his DCI number and they couldn't find him in the system for some reason. So like in a way to get him to play, they just had him create a new DCI number and said, you can have them merged. Well, I don't know if he ever had them merged or if he did, but that may have er somehow erased his name. Something, something happened there. Like that's the only extra information I have here with, as far as like knowing specifically an opponent that I had whose, whose information is missing. So it might be something like that, where maybe a lot of these people somehow had duplicate DCI number or not duplicate, but had to had redundant DCI numbers and needed to make some sort of change at some point. And however they, you know, however they do that, it, it messed things up. I'm just taking a guess here, but just uh, that's all I know. I'll, it just seems like a, a lot of people are missing their opponent's names, like 60%. <laughs> it sounds like uh, of their opponent's names are missing. Yeah. So, it's pretty weird. crazy. Um, I just noticed it's really funny. I, I don't know if, that's the same Todd Stevens. Anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I apparently have a win against Tom, Todd Stevens in a Grand Prix. Um, but I guess I'm the real winner here because he's banned for life. Um, Which Grand Prix? Uh, Oklahoma City. OK. Um, I just think this is I just think, regardless of whether or not I have all my opponents names. I still think this is really neat. Yeah. Um, I have now I have concrete proof of my lifetime winning record, uh, against Seth Manfield and, um, <laughs> and my lifetime, uh, undefeated record against Alex Bertoncini again, you know, ultimately the winner there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, this is just really cool. I'd really love to sort this a little more and like see, uh, you know, all the different events and things. There's the, I just went sort A to Z on the descriptions. And the first thing that came up was Mirrodin pre-releases <laughs> from 2003. Nice. So cool. This is so cool. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just love this. I love data 
So this is just really fun. Well, the crazy thing is this all this has all been around. Like it's been there. It's not like, hey, they released this. It's just this data has been there. But now that everybody has a reason to quickly like grab it so that it, that it doesn't get lost, I think everybody's kind of looking through. And I know I, I looked through mine and skimmed all my opponent's names and things. I was surprised. I was like, oh, look, Eric Klug and I played at the Morning Tide pre-release in, in draft and uh, and we drew. So, um, I, you know, we, neither of us have a winning record there, but I'm like, I knew Eric or I played against Eric two years before I quote unquote knew Eric, right? Like knew him as the, you know, the specialist at, you know, the, the best altarist in the game, I would say. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Eric Klug from Klug Alters is, uh, is who I'm referring to. If you're not sure who that is, he does basically the best card alters in magic. And um, anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. I knew he was local to like, like. Maryland. I knew he played in the right, Maryland right, area, right. but for whatever reason, um, I wasn't, I didn't realize I had played against him after, you know, once we became acquainted online in like 2010. Um, but anyway, um, and I'm trying to think what else. Yeah. I think, I think he was the only person that I was like, Oh, look, you know, I recognized I beat Brad Nelson in a side draft. They don't have that on here for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> and that was at the height of his his power, too, like in 2010 when we were at Nationals. Um, so that funny. was, uh, you know, when Brad went on his player of the year run. So I feel pretty good about that one. You know, it, it, it helped to have like Gaia's Revenge in my deck, <laughs> which is the True. card I'm pretty sure I beat him with, at least in one of those games. Uh, yeah. It's kind of hard to remember. It was, you know, 10 years ago. But uh, but yeah, it's fun to like look back and see your your history. So I think. Um, I think the the situation that we're having, you know, the broader I, or the broader topic here being that they're going to retire DCI numbers and the Planeswalker Points website. Like, I don't care about necessarily them taking things in a different direction in terms of how they want to identify each individual player. Like, that's fine. But I don't know why they would, like, decide to disassociate your previous history with this new thing, right? It's like, I think the analogy I made to someone on Twitter was like, you don't buy a new digital camera and just go delete all your old photos. Like that's just because you, you got a new camera and you're going to be using that one to create, uh, photos from now on. Like that's why, why are you doing that? Why are you separating things? It's kind of like, this is, this is our history. And so sure you don't want to use DCI numbers anymore. Fine. But still, I'm still a, a person who plays and I had this DCI number and however you're going to identify me in the future, you can still associate all my match history with this new way of identifying me. Like, I'm not quite sure what the, I mean, maybe that is what they're going to do, but I got the impression from the article they posted that basically they're saying, Hey, we're taking this down and that's it. Right. Or they are the absolute worst at explaining things in a way that won't piss us off or they want to piss us off. So we'll spend two weeks talking about it. Um, and then they tell us the thing. But meanwhile, we've like, you know, I guess we're a podcast about magic. We're not like CNN all of a sudden talking about magic. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, but we're tweeting about it. And if we're tweeting about it, people are seeing those tweets. You know, there's what engagement. Huh? They just released Ikoria and everybody's complaining about companions. So they needed to give us something else to complain about that they could more easily fix. <laughs> Well, all you have to do is like sit and have like a moment of reflection for about five minutes and you'll find something to be mad about. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like it's it's I don't think it's hard. They're like trying to channel anger and magic players. It's basically like. I don't know, trying to get water to flow through a stream like, okay, (laughs) that's what water friggin does, you know, like so. 
anyway, um, fun, fun stuff. I, I, I like, I like looking at this. So I just want to run this down because I just, I'm, I'm happy about it. Let me see. So I have played in Grand Prix Albuquerque, Atlanta, Dallas, Fort Worth, 2014 and 2015, Grand Prix Detroit, Grand Prix Houston, Vegas, 43rd place. Thank you very much. Um, Madison, Wisconsin, Oklahoma City, 2013 and 2015. San Antonio, 2014. <laughs> Three rounds, apparently. Okay. <laughs> you did bad. Um, <laughs> uh, Washington, D.C., 2010 and 2016. So those are right. all the different like Grand Prix I've played. In. I think I just think that's really cool. Like yeah. to like just have it and be able to find it that way. You yeah. know, like, I don't know. Just think it's neat. It is. Uh, yeah. I mean, having this data is, is great. And I think that's the, the issue here is kind of, I hope wizards leaves this somehow publicly available. I, it just doesn't look like that's what they're doing. It looks like they're just saying we're taking this website down period. Yeah. That's it. We're not, not saying we're moving it over or we're getting rid of this, but your match history will be associated with the next thing that, that we sucks. decide to use. I, I don't I, get I, it, but. I, I um somebody on Twitter said that like it could be because um the DCI is like the judge program. Okay. And they've like separated from the judge program. True. So it could be like just, just the way to finally disconnect from that completely. I don't know. Um it doesn't I mean, again, make sense, but that's what Wizards does. Yeah, but I'm that's what I'm saying. Like again, like you can change the identifier but you're not changing the person like we all played for the last however many years we have a match history like so suddenly creating some new account for me with a different identifier that's fine but like it just seems i i don't get the point of ditching the history <laughs> right know? no i, I don't, don't get either. that part. i don't either like, because fine. i really i want to remember that at this mirrored in pre-release i told you about 37 players finished 37th place i don't know how that even happened <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wow just lost 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 dead last okay um yeah everybody that that just dropped out of uh out of the event at the very beginning like before round one maybe i don't know it was a pre-release people do that it was three whole rounds oh so okay. i don't yeah. know <laughs> three um, rounds played all losses the other thing to, that, that's kind of concerning about this that has been brought up is how to track banned players or suspended players, you know, because that was associated with a DCI number. And is this going to make it somehow easier for them to participate in events by basically creating some sort of new account, right? You know, it's the same situation. Yep. I mean, the same idea is if you get banned from Twitter or something, you're like, fine, I'll just create a new Twitter account, like whatever. <laughs> you know, it's just and then right. continue to participate on Twitter um, or any online site. You just create a new account and and that's fine. So it's sort of like, is that window opening up in this situation for people to yes. just be like, hey, I'm, I'm banned, but I'll just start a new account and, and keep on playing and keep on cheating too. Yes. I'm, I'm certain that it is, you know what I mean? Like it just seems like a really terrible thing, especially like for players who aren't like recognizable or something, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like just to go to a different store, you know, throw a new e email address in. I have unlimited email addresses. Yeah. There, there's gotta be some sort of 
identifier right that like, like makes social you, security numbers <laughs> right or like a or like a or like a dci number that you could keep track of that um i mean theoretically unless i'm missing something couldn't people have just done this with dci numbers too like like just what happened with kenny where he's he had to create a new account because they for some reason couldn't find his old dci number right. in the system like i don't i don't really know what went wrong there but if you're able to just go do that. The, the only thing there is, I guess, the the bigger, the larger an event you qualify for, it's going to really be obvious when it's like, hey, why is Alex Bertoncini playing? You know, <laughs> whatever. Like, right, it's just right. under a new DCI number. But yeah, that's a, a recognizable player. But yeah, players who are less recognizable, who may have been suspended or, or something, um, theoretically could just go to another store and create a new DCI number and say, I'm new. <laughs> I've never played a uh, sanctioned event and just start playing again. I, I don't know. I'm sure at some point that they get caught, but until then they get to cheat a lot of people and still play, uh, still win events, uh, smaller events. I would think, I, I don't know. I'm just, just kind of thinking out loud here, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know what prevented people from doing that with the DCI number either is kind of my point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe I'm sure there's a big piece that I must be missing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like that's I don't know. I, we'll see. I, it's one of those things where um, they uh, they always give us some really vague and this never works. Like, why do they give us some sort of like give us every detail? We're going to like nitpick every detail. Just give us every detail in the first announcement. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, Wizards PR is terrible or there's only been it's only been 25 years and they haven't figured out how to like do an announcement like this without like like making the entire player base like up in arms. Well, and you it's, know? it's like I, I I'm just not sure. Like, did they not anticipate that people would want to keep their match history? Like, did they just did they just not think that was a thing? And if so, that seems ridiculous. Right. Like, how do you not think of that? And then you think so either they did think of it or they didn't. Right. So if they didn't, well, that's stupid. How do you not think of that? If you think about it for, you know, a few minutes, you realize we're going to delete all this information. People might care like that's just going to happen. So then then the question is, they either don't care or they have a plan for it. And if they have a plan for it, tell us <laughs> you have a plan for it. Right. So that at that point, my logical uh, conclusion is they don't care, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe they do, or maybe they're like, our plan is let's see how much people care. And if people care that much, we'll spend, you know, $9 a year for the server to, to house the, all this text data. <laughs> There's kilobytes and kilobytes of data. They're going to have to <laughs> have to store with all this. Um, I mean, I'm obviously joking, but seriously, like it's text. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's not like you don't need to store a whole bunch of photos with this. It's text. Um, it's not people saying like, oh, the cost of keeping this up. Like, well, I, I don't know. Like, what's the cost? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> I don't get what what added cost there is to store data. Um, whatever. Anyway, we can move on from that. I just I don't get sometimes what they what they're thinking when they do these kinds of things. Um, I'm not crazy up in arms about it myself. I think, I think it's, it's a shame it's, that they're doing this. At least it's we can another all- step. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's another step towards the end of paper magic. So, 
you know. I mean, that's that's true because it's a lot. Well, theoretically, it's a lot easier to keep track of people digitally. But I guess they could do the same thing, right? Sign on under under a different name if you get banned. But I guess your IP could be tracked. Um, IP address can be IP paid. address. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's. I guess we'll see what happens. But it seems strange that they they delete this. But if you care about your data your match history and all that, just go download it. So at least you have it for yourself. Yeah. Um, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. We have, we have the link. So, um, okay. Next topic. Let's, uh, you want to talk about Ikoria limited? Yeah. So, uh, I, it's just so funny to me because we exist in different like magic worlds, essentially where I'm me and you mean you me and you. Yes. Where I'm more of a limited player. I, I mean, obviously I play constructed, but, uh, so also oftentimes begrudgingly <laughs> and, and you play constructed almost exclusively. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think this is like one of the most fun limited sets I've played in a long time. And so the experience um, of Ikoria for me has been overwhelmingly positive, <laughs> you know, like right. I'm like, I love this. I love this so much. Um, uh, you know, like you, you take big risks by mutating. You get big rewards if it pays off. Um, games can swing in an instant, but without feeling like consistently broken. Um, now, I've only played one draft, but I've played a bunch of sealed. I was actually playing sealed last night. Even um, it seems like um, Abzan is the best um, triome to uh to play in sealed by far um lots of really good removal um lots of big creatures lots of opportunities to mutate um although the pool i had last night is awful but i still managed to squeeze out three wins from it so far playing Uh, (laughs) abzan yes so what Um, is it about abzan i know you were kind of being you were generally answering this but you said you know Big cre- lots of creatures and lots of removal, which sounds good. But are, are there like examples you have of some uh, some all stars, common yes. commons kind uh, of thing? Uh, that- Vul- Vulpakeet, I think, is the name of it. Okay. The uh, I'm going to have to look this up. But go ahead. Parakeet Fox. Uh, it's a three four. Um, is it three four? No, it's a two three flyer. It costs four to cast or three to mutate. And when it mutates, uh, the cre- whenever this creature mutates, it's a plus one plus one counter. Okay, cool. So, yeah. so flying and flying is a big deal in this set. Like flying <laughs> creatures will win you the game. Um, I mean, it's a lot of times in sealed, but um, uh, but they're especially good here. And, and that one is great because right. if you mutate, it goes right to being a you know at least a, a three four flyer. Right. Um, on turn like turn three, having right. a three four flyer is pretty good. Um, you know. Uh, but I, three, I don't know. Yeah, three mana. It's, it's Obviously, like you said, it's it's a higher risk to mutate, but yeah. uh, you get a bigger reward. So, yeah, that does seem good. Yeah. And uh, there's uh, I don't know the name of the creature, but it costs six mana to cast, I think. Or it's or it's I think it's five mana to cast and six mana to mutate. And it's a six, six for five. And I'm like, what the hell? But then you pay six to mutate it. And when it. um when you when the creature mutates, you reveal cards from the top of your library equal to the number of times the creature has mutated. And if they're permanents, put them in the bat on the battlefield. If they're 
other cards, put them in your hand. Auspicious Starix. Sure, Starix. sure. Uh, no, what an somebody, amazing creature. I was going to say, somebody played that against me. It might have been you. <laughs> but, but, I don't uh, know. I don't, I don't think it was. Um, no, okay. I, I don't think I had it against you. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's man, an uncommon, like, right? It's a six, six, or five. You're oh, right. Like, but yeah, ridiculous. you get that mutate clause and you just get free value off of it. It's, it's free not- stuff. I mean, I've had like, I've had it like flip over three creatures. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, and then I think, oh, and actually I had it, um, I don't know the name of the four or five um, commander, mm-hmm. commander, companion, companion, the, the four or five for four that like you, all the cards in your deck oh, share Yumori. type. Yumori, yes. Um, I had Yumori with that. So basically you're just flipping over creatures. Oh, you know wow, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, lands it, too. It looks like, you know, it creatures counts. or lands. Right. Yeah, either one. But yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, so either way, you get three permanents if it's, you know, if it's three times mutated, whatever. Sure. Um, but the set's just a lot of fun. Um, it's very much, and I'm very, like, streamlined when I do sealed. Like, I try not to splash a third color. But this, I have not attempted a two-color deck in this entire uh, limited environment. It's just been three colors. Well, maybe when I did my draft, I don't remember, but all of my sealed decks have been three colors, um, which is just crazy. So you're you're finding enough fixing, you feel like, Uh, because yeah, three colors is is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually. Yes. Uh, I feel like, um, I feel like fixing is pretty good. Um, The triomes are, they show up a decent amount. I've gotten one in most of my sealed pools and like even if you have two of the three colors, you put it in. Right. You know, like it yeah. doesn't matter if you don't if you're not playing that that uh, shard or whatever wedge, wedge yeah. or whatever um, you put it in. Um, you get a lot of the gain of life tapped lands. Uh, evolving wilds show up pretty frequently. Um, you got those artifacts if you're desperate, you know, the ones that tap for a mana of the of the wedge right. colors. Yeah, um, that. uh um, the creature, the the green guy, that's a green and one that taps for a mana of any color to cast creature spells. That thing has been a house, like because that'll fix your mana real good. Um, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find oh, what, what that is, but I I, I know hum, yeah, humble naturalist. Yeah, and I it. will say this: so nobody, nobody among our uh, patrons dared to challenge me in sealed and that's because everybody's scared and i understand that i understand people are afraid people are frightened of my skills and and it's very intimidating i get that but in the sense of fairness i do want people to be able to challenge me i have these sealed pools kept and um sealed is running all the way through the actual release weekend which might not be the actual release weekend anymore who knows um you mean like the paper release paper release right but anyway this is all persisting between the digital release and the paper release so i'm going to keep the challenge open uh not like i need to because everybody's scared but um i'm going to keep the challenge open for our patrons um until after release weekend, whatever release weekend winds up being right. I like it. Um, But at this point you can only challenge me once to count for a rare because that's a lot of time to be able to be like, Hey, or twice. Let's say twice. Why not? We'll say twice. Sure. You can challenge me two times during this period. Um, 
And if you beat me in a match, you win a rare. Just so patron or just so listeners know who aren't patrons, our Patreon is free right now. Um, if you sign up for our Patreon, we will not charge you for the foreseeable future. I don't know when we're going to start. Maybe July, maybe later. I don't know. Um, but for now, all you have to do is sign up for our Patreon at whatever level you want to be at when we start charging again. And we'll put you in the Discord server. You can hang out with us in the Discord server. You can challenge us to, to match as well. At least you can challenge me. And you can, you know, put out the call to challenge anybody if you're bored. Um, but if you beat me in a sealed match of uh, Ikoria, I will give you a rare for my collection when I mail out your stickers. So... Anyway, my point being, my point being, limited has been a lot of fun. Sealed has been a lot of fun for this set. Um, I want to play draft more, but I've just been having so much fun with sealed that I'm just impulsively smashing that sealed button every time I go to play Magic. Um, and then, the, the, you know, they're doing the eight person, um, like seated drafts now, where like you know you drafts. actually draft with eight other people, and. Um, that's really cool. Uh, they cost 1,500 gems to sign up for um, or 10,000 gold, which is cool that there's a gold option because most of the time with some of these premier options, there is no gold option. Like sealed, you have to pay 2,000 gems straight up. Right. Um, but having this gold option is really great. Um, and I'm fairly certain they're ranked, right? I mean, I think when I, when I played um, when I played draft, it actually like, counted towards ranked which is yeah, awesome. I'm pretty sure it does i mean i think really cool you may have the option to choose an unranked version because i don't think there is i don't think the, there is a i know they just uh because to celebrate the launch of this option to play to draft against actual players rather than bots um they've given everybody like a free draft and right. i haven't used mine yet because uh, you know maybe something that i may end up bringing up later in the episode but just having the time to do a player draft is part of the problem for me right now i'm like right. i want to play like a bot draft because i can take hours between picks if i want um right. and so that that actually is like i want to draft against players if i have the dedicated time to sit sit there and and be timed because that's the thing you're playing against other players you it's like a real draft you're, you're but here's timed. the thing though you're only you, you only are time or what am i trying to say it's only the draft itself. Right. Like but the then, actual drafting, not not when you play you your games. Play You're absolutely at, right. At your leisure. Yeah, so, so just so just give yourself 20 minutes to draft. Like it's right. only 20 minutes, dude. Sure. No, no. Right. And, and I can do it. I just haven't really looked right. hard for it. But but at one point I was like, oh, I got this free draft thing. I'll just sit here and like I'll open it up and I'll look at the cards and I'll continue to work because that's usually what I'm doing. I'm sitting next to my computer. I'm like, oh, I'll pick a card and then I'll continue to work and I'll look at the next pack. And, I'll, you know, like right. I'm not thinking like I'm like, ah, it was it was more of a, um, you know, squeezing things in in little openings. Uh, and I, I don't really um, I did. I, I'm like, I don't have like a 20 minute chunk of time. I had not have not made the effort to put a 20 minute chunk of time out there, but I will eventually. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, so um, I played just one sealed. That's what I did play. And um, I built two decks because I felt like it could go in either way. And I mean, I had fun. I'm, I can't um, I can't say I disagree with anything you were saying, but my experience was rather limited because it was uh, because it was just that one event. But mm -hmm. um, I opened Vivian and I opened uh, Riel. <laughs> And so I'm like, wow, I have like a, 
I focused, like it felt like my pool was split and I, I should, uh, I should have saved the whole pool, but I guess I only, I guess, oh yeah, I should have it as the sideboard, right? I saved both right. decks. Um, right. Well, I, the deck is saved as your main deck and, and then, everything that was in your pool is in your side. Yeah. So right. I, I, sh- I could technically go back and, and reanalyze it, but it felt to me like I have the deck that wants to play creatures because of Vivian and it was just very creature centric. And I had like the Sultai, uh, whatever that is in in Ikoria, but it's Sultai to me. Uh, I had like the Salty Sultai Triome, the Sultai Mythos, um, and so I'm like, well, I, I felt just very uh, clearly Sultai. But then I'm like, but then I have this blue red deck that I have. A, I had opened like uh, three copies of Cathartic Reunion with Riel, and then uh, like the uh, what is it, Blitz of the Thunder Raptor or something. Like I had all these spells matter in the graveyard cards. So I'm like, right. wow, I have like just straight up two decks here and I don't know which one's better. I ended up playing uh, the, the Sultai, Sultai version. Yeah. No, because really like when you're playing sealed, you have to remember that like, like it's not draft. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have the cycling deck. You know right. what I mean? Like, um, and if you're playing all spells in your sealed deck, you're just going to get crushed by like big dumb creatures. Right. So like you kind of have to just like you have to kind of build your deck for sealed versus draft. Um, and I think that a soul tide deck is going to be way, uh, way more effective in that environment. Yeah, I um, agree. And that's what I went with, but I built both right. decks because right, I wanted right. to no, see, it was the thing. I kind of wanted to see what the other deck looked like if I tried yeah. to build it. And, and so sometimes, I built it. Yeah. sometimes you just get so much in one theme that you got to go for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you definitely do. Like, um, I didn't have too much stuff that like filled my graveyard, um, but and I don't want to spoil too much because I didn't want to say anything since people still haven't challenged me yet. One of my um, one of my seal pools is based around the uh, the ultimatum mm-hmm. that gets all your creatures back out of your graveyard. <laughs> I'm trying so, to remember what that ultimatum is, but whatever one of the ultimatums. It's the uh, it's the Abzan ultimatum, whatever the name of it yeah, is. OK, um, but um, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just fixing my mana. Oh, you killed my creature. Oops. <laughs> like just like oops. stay alive until you can cast the ultimatum and get and, it all back. Yeah. Or nice. sometimes you just win before it. But like once you cast it, it's just like, oh, huh, look at that easy button. That's what I called that deck. The easy button. I went seven and one with that deck. Is that the one like, you yeah. played against me? Uh, that's the one I played against you the second, second time. time. Right, right. The yeah, first I'm looking time at my, I have my lists, my decks in front of me without the sideboard, like, and just looking at the real deck, like I had the, besides the cathartic reunions and the, um, and the real, as I mentioned, I have like, I had like Yadaro and Sprite Dragon and, uh, what is it that for ferocious tigerilla, which I think cares about cards or is it the spell eater Wolverine? I had two of those that wanted yep. things. It was like, man, yep. I have a lot of cards that care about this. And Boone of the wish giver, which was nice to cast. Yeah, that sounds like a good, like it was solid, but it was not yeah. as good. I don't think as the, the Vivian deck, which was salt high. But the thing was with that deck, I felt like I was doing sort of what you, what you just mentioned where I'm like, just dirtle around and stay alive until I can find Vivian and then suddenly just go crazy, you know, like yep. using Vivian. So that was sort of my plan. And then when I, I played against someone who, who had the, uh, it's like an artifact that I think it costs one and it's like three and tap it and deal like three damage to a, a permanent or like any creature or, or any I don't know if it's creature or player, man. I need to find out what the name of the it's card probably is. Probably creature or planeswalker. Yeah. Um, 
So somebody had that and they had Obosh. <laughs> and so mm. they had they had like three copies of that artifact. They just plopped them all out and then they play Obosh and I'm like, oh man, how am I going to do this? And I'm like, oh, I got my Vivian. And I realized they're just going to kill Vivian. I'm going to, I'm going to pay five mana for a three, three, three vigilance creature. And they're just going to kill Vivian <laughs> with their yep. little dumb artifact because Obosh is ridiculous. So yep. I knew that was just not going to happen. So yeah, speaking of Obosh and companions, how many of these sealed decks have you played that have companions? I would say it's like 50, 50 because like I've had companions in my pools that haven't worked out. So I'm okay. just like, nope, that's not going to happen. Like I, I like look at like the limitation. And the one cool thing is once you stick a companion in your companion slot, it takes all your other options away from your pool. Does it just is, remove them? It just takes them out of the – or it just takes it, them out of the pool. I see. Never mind. I it thought. just shows – they're not visible like for deck building purposes. Okay, okay. So what if you build um, a deck that doesn't meet the requirements? Does it – I guess it somehow – tells you that well, you need to remove you things. won't be able to because you won't see those cards if you've already placed your companion yeah but if you so if you if you, i think that if you had the companion it would probably just make those those uh i haven't tried it where i make the deck and then add the companion yeah, it probably would just make those cards turn red or something yeah. you know um but it's cool one that they thing do that, that that they help you because if you're like i'm going to build around this companion you just start with that and then it, it but what one annoying thing is that for some reason in the program, mm -hmm. when you select a card, it takes you back to the beginning of the card list. When you have a companion placed, which is really dumb, it's a really stupid bug that needs to be fixed. Um, so you just keep having to start over oh, from gosh, the very yeah, beginning. Oh, that is annoying. It's really annoying. But uh, whatever, you know, growing pains and all that. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm sure that nobody tried building a deck with a companion in place before they released the set. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which is apparently true because of all the other formats of magic just seem to be. Well, I, I don't know. I've seen some decks that aren't. But it kind of just seems like if you're not playing a companion, you're stupid at this point. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm what sure some think? people are. Tell some me about this. Feel that way. What's that? What the hell is going on in constructed, Joey? Yeah. So have you played have you played any constructed? Mm, no. OK, just just wanted to to start with that just to make sure that uh i wanted to find out kind of your experience but um yeah i've basically played only constructed i've been having a whole lot of fun so yeah <laughs> i'm loving everything right now i love all the con well i didn't play legacy but i've played uh standard and pioneer and a little bit of modern and um i love it right now i mean i i feel like a lot of people are complaining about companions and maybe I'll get to a point where I'm sick of them too, or I, I see them as an issue, but for the, the present they're f like, they're fun. I'm really happy with them. And I, I understand that, especially as you go back to older formats, they become more and more powerful. And yes, these yeah. cards are super powerful. Yeah. And yes. Like, like, yes, the, uh, the fact that older formats can break them even easier. And the fact that, Hey, there's, yeah. there's this new mechanic and it, broke into broke into legacy and vintage and these older formats yeah, <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah I'm like, what is happening yeah. you know like <laughs> first they take away damage on the stack and, and, and then they take away mana burn they change and the card frames us, too then they change the card frames they tell us we have to put our lands behind our creatures <laughs> and now they're gonna make us play a companion in every deck 
What's wrong with these people? <laughs> this is terrible. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to change. Nobody wants to adapt to the current environment. We all just want to do the same crap we've been doing for 25 years. Christ, wizards. Crease is just, man. Look, you can just, like, you can just, like, I mean, I want to not, I want to have fun my way and not with a companion in my deck. It's like everybody's got a companion now. And next thing you know, they're going to get their decks off the internet. This is terrible. <laughs> like, honestly, the more I think about companions, again, I have no experience playing them in actual constructed. This is the reality. Look, the, the, there's companions. Everybody's going to use them. Cool. Whatever. If wizards didn't like it, they would have banned them already. Right. And instead, they took away our DCI numbers. So apparently they really don't give a crap. This is reality. It's time to do something that we have pers- have subscribed to for years and years. And that's stop bitching. Start brewing around a companion. OK, like that's it. That's it. That's the end of it. Because here we are. It's 2020 and constructed decks have companions now. Constructed magic is now commander. They figured out how to do it. Fine. Fine. Like, who cares? Like, why are people so upset about it? Like, that's what it sounds like to me now. Yeah. You know, it's it sounds like, oh, I fear change. Read, read. Start hammering the mechanical hand like Garth did. Like, who cares? So listen, okay? Buy look. a companion. You only need to buy one. If it's a good companion, it'll cost like 20 bucks. Buy a companion, build your deck around it, get on with the game. You know, so first like, I want to I want to acknowledge that you and I have sounded like that before, and we not have a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I wanna, we have sounded like that. I am not I am not absolving us. <laughs> I am just saying that we have become enlightened. Okay, like for this have, particular have, thing, the next yes. thing we're going to complain about. Oh, God, we're going to be furious. <laughs> so but the deal with i'm just trying to tell you how i feel right now about companions and right now they're a lot of fun like i'm having uh, i understand that they're very powerful and i understand that that there's a lot of valid points to be made about how they are uh possibly going to lead to too much uh you know every deck being built around Luris is gonna just maybe that's gonna get boring I don't but know. Maybe it won't get boring. But the thing is, every- wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let hey, me finish. Please, please. We get new sets every three months. <laughs> like, go back a, a, a few weeks, a month before we started getting the the Ikoria previews, and we were just complaining about other things then. And guess what? Like, we haven't mentioned Inverter the entire episode. You know, like magic changes. The things that we hate end up somehow. The game changes, and the things that we hate tend to go away, whether it's through rotation or through like the pseudo rotation of inf- uh, of an influx of new cards into whatever format you want to talk about, because you're right. Pioneer doesn't rotate. Modern doesn't rotate. Legacy doesn't rotate. But go look at any of three of those formats and tell me that those that the decks that you see today or the decks that you saw last month or the decks that you saw last year are all the same exact decks. Like the, the formats change whether they have rotation or not. And it's because we get new cards all the time. And so if 
it, what's the the joke about like I feel like every country's weather has this you know kind of joke but I'm sure it has originated somewhere but you know oh you don't like the weather just wait a few minutes right like <laughs> right? that's it's, Dallas is it oh see it's, it's Dallas no. <laughs> every <laughs> I thought every it was no. says it's, that thinking it's exclusive to their city which I know is that's really what cool. I mean so but but aside from that ridiculousness just the idea like you don't like something just wait a few weeks maybe not even a few weeks you know how many people were complaining about Giruda decks and calling them calling for them to be banned or something to be banned last weekend the weekend that the cards first came out guess what Giruda's already been sort of hated out and people are finding new ways to play Giruda because the game changes and over the Is course that of a, a why week, I ordered a void winnower what's that? Is that the reason why I ordered a void winnower? Uh I, I think so. Yes. 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 Because it says like players can't cast even number spells. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's just a hilarious answer to Guy Ruta. Uh, courtesy of Aspiring Spike. I think that's who posted that. And I, I posted it in our Discord. And then you said, I'm buying Void Winnower because why not? Um, but yes. yeah, the thing is, the game changes. And so in 2007, we had Planeswalkers introduced. And this has been compared to that. It's also been compared to the in, uh, introduction of Phyrexian Mana. But I'd say this is more like Planeswalkers I, because it's like a whole new card type, you know? Maybe it's a kind of combination of the two, right? Like it's 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 like a whole new card type that's as powerful as Phyrexian Mana or maybe more powerful. I, I don't know. The thing is the game changes. Let's see what happens. And when we have a new set come out, if nobody's playing any of the cards from the new set, okay, we can all start complaining about Companions. <laughs> Like, but if they do what they do with planeswalkers, uh, or, or okay, if the criticism of companions is that it's going to make the, the game like homogenous and everybody's just playing around the same thing, the same uh, kinds of deck building restrictions, then one of the potential answers could be, well, print more companions, and that makes more different deck building restrictions, and it, and it makes the game less homogenous, right? Like it's. And naturally, with more companions, we'll have more options for these different kinds of decks. So I don't know. I'm just excited about the fact that people are playing 80 card decks and constructed right now, which is nuts, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can you imagine going back to last summer and saying something to us like, uh, you're all talking about Hogak, but in nine months, y'all are going to be playing 80 card decks (laughs) and constructed. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, Uh Like. It's causing people to think about the game differently. And I think that's great. That is great. You're right. It's I don't know. I reserve the right, of course, to change my opinion over time. But as of right now, this is this is some of the most fun magic I've played in a long time. And I hadn't played standard as anybody who listens knows that I don't really care about standard. I've been playing more standard than anything. Um, I I, I am loving playing like these sacrifice decks, which existed Mm -hmm. in the previous standard for you know, just, just and, there, and, and, and Jund Sacrifice does still exist without a companion for the record. Yeah. I mean, I've only been playing the, the Luris version. So I've been playing Rakdos Sacrifice mm-hmm. and then uh, Mono Black Sacrifice with Luris. Sweet. And, and then I'm, I'm trying out Obosh now, which is obviously nice. uh, I can do that in Rakdos or <laughs> Mono Black as well. And right. I, it's just I've been mostly playing with Obosh and Luris. And more Luris than anything. But uh, but I like Obosh as kind of like another tour brand that you can put in mono black mm-hmm. or you could, um, you know, you can play Rakdos or you can play mono red and, and play it. And so I just feel like these the avenues that 
uh, of different decks that I'm excited to play that are similar, but at the same time, like wildly different because, hey, suddenly I can only play odd numbered spells or, or suddenly I can't play any permanents that cost three or more. You know, it's like these deck building restrictions are making it fun. And so, I, I mean, I, it's it's my opinion and that's I, I'm not stating it as fact, but I'm saying the fact is the game does change and evolve over time and magic is very context driven. So the context of the game right now is going to be different than the context that we'll have in two weeks and two months. Like we will have a different format and a different picture of what the game looks like and feels like. And I just feel like this is, this is just have fun. If right. Just, just play with it for a little while. And yeah. if it gets stale, a new set will come out and hopefully that will <laughs> make it less stale. Here's the thing I want to say about it. Um, it reminds me of the Titans more than the Planeswalkers because like when, when the Titans were around me and used to always joke, uh, remember we had that we had a, uh, episode called play any Titan you want. Yes. You know, we were like standard is wide open. You can play any Titan you want. Um, and that was true, but it was, it was open and everybody had a Titan. Now everybody just has a companion and that's okay. Like, that's fine. Um, this is the thing, like if 40% of the decks at a Grand Prix, you know, that the events that no longer exist, if 40% of the players show up playing uh, Loris, then Loris might get banned. But right. just because everybody's playing a, com- a companion, companions should be banned. No, they wanted everybody playing companions or they wouldn't have printed them. Right. You know, they, they obviously pushed them so they would see play. It's oh, just like any you, other card. But then you start with eight cards. So do you. Exactly. Pick a companion. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, like, or if you, if you would prefer to have more freedom in your deck building process, you don't have to play a companion. Like that's right. the thing. You don't have to. I was playing mono red. That's the other deck I've been playing. Guess what companion I use? None of them. I've just right. playing mono red straight up. No new cards. Mono red. Right. <laughs> it's right. like, it's fun still. And it's still good. You can because, do it. I don't know. It's, Your opponent does get an extra card. Yes, but, if they have a companion. Right. Yeah, one but of the players gets to go first, too. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. How it's come like one person play, always gets to go first? Why can't we go at the same time? My opponents always play a land on turn one. It's just, like, so homogenous. I hate it. Um, <laughs> but that's know. okay. Look, this is the thing. Like, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. It's time to get with it. You know, like, like you can you can complain and complain. And guess what? You're home alone literally no one can hear you complain you know like <laughs> no there's the social media dude everybody hears yeah but nobody cares True. um you complain enough times i hit that mute or that block button usually it's just blocks for me i don't really care enough to mute you um you know but yeah. that's it i mean like i mean there it is i think it's, chapin uh had a really good article about companions and it was back when they were first previewed so i mean all the way back like almost three weeks ago, uh, right. something like that. But, um, and, and he was kind of making similar points, which is like, you have a choice. You don't have to play a companion. There is, a, you have the option of playing a companion or you have the option of building your deck in the way that you want. Like, it's just a choice. It's how the game works. You know, you can't be mad because you played, you're like, I want to play all mountains and counterspell. Like that's not <laughs> just, you have to choose. That's part of the game. You get to choose, have a companion, have not, you know, don't have a companion. 
know that some people will have companions and they will start with an eighth card in their hand. That's just how it works. But you had that option and you can choose to forego it or, or accept it. Like, um, I, I just, I thought it was a pretty good article. We can probably link it plus if I remember. What's that? Plus there's a lot of good information that could potentially be given out by your opponent having a, a companion because yeah. they have to reveal it. Exactly. So you immediately know what colors they have unless they put one in there deceptively. But I don't think anyone's doing that yet, but that that's a strategy. Yeah. But my advice is to get one of all the companions and start looking at them and start brewing around them, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about, um, you know, a little bit of MTG finance here, most of the companions you only need one of. Right. Because you're not as likely to want to put it on in your deck. However, Gairuda is not one because Gairuda can go in multiple copies in your deck and you want to hit more Gairudas mm, <laughs> like in that combo deck. So Gairuda is one of the more expensive ones, not just because it's good, but also because you actually need four copies. Um, right. Luris, you can only play one if you want it right. as your companion, but it is such a good card, I think, on its own. That you could arguably say, I'm going to have Obosh as my companion and put Luris, four copies of Luris in my deck, you know, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Um, and you don't get the companion part of Luris, but you get the, the rest of the uh, the options, which at least in this case for Luris, you could only replay permanents that cost one, which, you know, dead weight, still good. Seal of Fire. Um, but I, I'm just combining Obosh's, uh, Obosh's restriction with... Uh, Luris's ability. Um, but yeah, anyway, my point is Luris is expensive because it's probably the best one. I think everybody would, would agree. Um, and then Jairuda is expensive because you want more than four copies in the deck. So the other ones are pretty cheap. Like I'm talking $2, $3. They're, they're not expensive. Um, Luris is like 18 bucks and Gairuda is like 10. So That's they're not bad. expensive cards. You know, I'm just saying like, Get your copies now, and you're, you're, uh, it's a low-risk proposition. I don't think Wizards is going to go, we're banning the companion mechanic. Like, I just don't think that's happening. It's not happening. They, they want more commander players uh, to play constructed, and this is how they hook them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, good, cool, <clears throat> you know? Let's, uh, let's keep tournament magic alive. Right. Um, you know, even, even if paper magic might be on its deathbed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's ever going to be, but it, it's going to change like anything else. It's going to change. I think Take competitive paper magic is on its way out. I don't think that we are going to have competitive paper tournaments in two years. Interesting. Okay. I mean, we can save that for next episode. We should, because we're right at the end of ours now. And I have some, probably some responses to that. And then some related topics. I feel like that I was going to get to today, but didn't so we'll we'll wait uh we'll save that for next next time um so we do have real quick uh you know our segment for shouting out another podcast we have our interplanar beacon uh segment that's what we call it um last episode i shouted out uh up-to-date mtg which is harlan fuhrer and zach allen's podcast so they they said they were going to put out an episode like three times a week, and they've basically been doing that. And I just because of that, I need to shout them out again because that it's great content. And it's like I feel like every time I turn around, like, oh, there's a new episode. This is great. Like I can just keep listening to it because they're uh, they just keep putting out episodes and it's a great show. They're talking about standard and, and pioneer um, more than anything else right now, mostly standard. But um, but yeah, I'm just I've been loving that podcast and the fact that it's coming out so frequently is great. But I did discover another podcast 
I'm going to shout out. Uh, oh, I was just about to be excited about the fact that I could just copy paste last week's interplanar beacon into the show notes. Dang well, it. Okay, can. go on. You go, can. oh, we're out of time. Got to go. See y'all later. Stop <laughs> bitches. Start brewing. No, but <laughs> wrong, wrong year. Damn um, it. I was trying. So the other but podcast, uh, the other podcast I want to shout out and they've been around for a while. I think they're in like on like episodes like 79 or something, but uh hardcast MTG, which is Aaron Barrich, Adam Hernandez, and a third host whose name I cannot re- find anywhere. Um, <laughs> I'm, maybe they say it at the beginning of the episode and I missed it, but it's been, it's a great podcast. Uh, Adam Hernandez is, is also known as Yeoman five who, uh, he writes for oh, TCT okay. player. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you better known as Yeoman five and uh, better one known of the, to me as Yeoman five anyways. Sure. And even, even to me, like, I'm like, I, I was trying to remember, I'm like, is Adam Hernandez, that's his name. Right. And I was doubting myself so much. Cause I'm like, it's just Yeoman to me, but I confirmed that it is Adam Hernandez. Uh, but yeah, they, they have this podcast called hardcast MTG and it's, uh, as you might imagine, another competitive, uh, constructed podcast and um, Aaron Barrich, who is known for playing very like aggressive decks, has been has become one of my um, recent favorite players to to watch stream, and um, because I've just gotten really onto the you know aggro linear campaign or uh, campaign I don't know what you'd call it, but I've just really been on that kind of uh, kind of track with my with my deck building lately and the, or my deck preferences and. Um, Anyway, this this podcast popped up and I I enjoyed it. I watched, I listened to the last few episodes, and so we'll link that one in the show notes. Um, definitely check it out, and uh, or if you're interested in the competitive stuff, then check it out. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's all. Anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. Um, I, I think that things are going in a really interesting, different direction, mm-hmm. and uh, ride the wave or get caught in the riptide, baby. All right, so until next time, we're Yo MTG Taps. Make them happen. It's like the anyway. We're going to uh, was that even a word? <laughs> I, <laughs> I can spell that. Yes. Uh, man. Hmm. Until next time, we're Yo MTG Taps. Make them have it. I had to remember what our. <laughs> I was. Say, I was like, why didn't he say stop and start brewing? <laughs> Like, that's not it. What's he going to say now? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>